Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Diving stop, Seager. Toss on up the first. In time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye, baseball. Straight away, center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven. Scored his innings. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Yes, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Thanks for being here once again. What a couple of days as the Mariners break out the mini brooms and sweep aside the A's in two games. We have a lot to talk about with those two. We'll take a look at the game tonight. We'll take a look at the weekend. What a huge weekend and huge homestand it will be at Safeco Field, the only homestand of the month. Meg Rowley is going to be here as well. We're going to talk Mariners, not surprisingly. And she's going to talk about a very special event at Safeco Field on Tuesday that you don't want to miss. All the details coming at you in a few minutes. But you look at the standings, and there they are. Seattle Mariners right now holding down the second wild card. The Yankees have the first by two and a half games. The Mariners now three games above five hundred. At 59-56, and 56, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, one game back each. Minnesota now, they've won four games in a row, one and a half back. And here's where things get very interesting when you talk about this homestand. The Mariners, four against the Angels, three against Baltimore. Angels just two games back. They've won two in a row. Baltimore two and a half back. So, you know, they will have these games against the Mariners circled. So some big ball games coming up for the M's. Uh, it feels like with every team, all these teams in the race, every game is going to be important the rest of the way. And the Mariners got a couple of big ones against the Oakland A's, and it, it took some come-from-behind action to get it done in the first game of the series. The A's jump on the M's. They scored three runs in the first inning. They scored two more in the third. The A's had a 5-1 to one lead going into the fourth inning, but the Mariners going into the sixth started to chip away at Oakland. Pitch, swing on and set to right field. Going back into the gap is Joyce. Can't get it. One hop off the fence. Cruz scores. Waving on Seager. Seager coming around. Here's a throw to the plate. It's offline. And Ben Gamble comes up with a two-run double. So two-run double right there. The Mariners, two in the sixth, one in the seventh, one in the eighth. This game would go to extra innings. Tenth inning, Leonis Martin at the dish, and he breaks the tie. What that be? Next pitch. Swung on. Here's Whoa. a drive deep to right. Going Good. back on the track, Whoa. and it is gone. A home run, Leonis Martin. Seven, six Mariners here in the tenth. Yeah, baby! 
Oh. And Diaz would close it down. Diaz set at the belt and the pitch. Pitch swung on, driven deep to right, and it's right at Leonis Martin. Makes the catch. Ball game over. Mariners win it in 10. 7-6 here in Oakland, and they gain a tie for the wild card spot. A thrilling win for the Mariners in the first game against the A's. Bullpen was outstanding. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the Mariners jump on Oakland in game two. Kyle Seeger in the first. The stretch and the one-two to Seeger. Swing and a fly ball deep to right field. Going and going, and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. Kyle Seeger with a three-run home run. Straightaway right field over the out-of-town scoreboard. His 17th home run of the season. And with two on and two outs here in the top of the first, the Mariners have a 3-0 lead over the A's. How about that? Nelson Cruz checked in with a couple big flies. And the pitch to Nelson. Swung on, driven deep to left. There it goes. There it goes, baby. Way out of here. Home run left field. Nelson Cruz, a two-run shot. His 25th. RBIs 86 and 87. Boom, stick, baby. And the Mariners have a 5-1 lead. Here's the next pitch on the way. Swinging a drive deep to straightaway center field. Going and going. Goodbye baseball over the wall in center. Off the batter's eye and straightaway center field. Nelson Cruz with his second home run of the afternoon. Another long home run straightaway center. It's now the Mariners 6 and the Athletics 2. A couple of monster blasts for Nelly. The game also featured some tremendous defense. Camel with an amazing catch in left field. Here's the stretch and the pitch. Swing and a fly ball into left field and deep. Gamble going back to the warning track near the wall. Leaps up and he makes the catch. Slams into the wall. Falls to the warning track. Gets the throw into second base. Holy smokes, Ben Gamble took on the left field wall here at the Oakland Coliseum, and he won the battle. And this one was all about the bullpen as well. All told, as the Mariners win game two, six to three over the A's. So they sweep the A's in a kind of strange, just two-game series in Oakland. But great job by the Mariners and great job by the bullpen. You look at the two games Combined, nine and two-thirds innings, four hits, zero runs, two walks, and 12 strikeouts in the two games. Magnificent work by the bullpen. Defense superb as well. The offense chugging along, putting plenty of runs on the board. Mariners now 16-9 and nine since the All-Star break. That's the best record in the American League. They hold the second wild card alone, a 6-3 and three road trip for the Mariners. An excellent road trip. By the way, Nelson Cruz, 22 RBIs against the Oakland A's this year. And you talk about in Mariners history, most RBIs against one team in a season. Brett Boone had 27 in 2001 against Texas. Cano last year had 25 against the Astros. Ken Griffey Jr. had 24 in 1996 against Boston. Jay Buhner had 23 and 95 against Minnesota. Did that in like nine games, which is remarkable. And Nelson Cruz, 22 RBIs this year against the A's. Those are the leaders. Pretty amazing stuff as the Mariners 
you know, you think back, May 27th is a date I won't forget when you think about this season. Brian Johnson of the Red Sox had just gone the distance, complete game shutout over the Mariners. At that point, the M's had the worst record in the American League. It has been a long climb since, though, starting May 28th. Just by percentage points, just off the best record. Houston Astros, the best American League record, but the Mariners right behind them, the second-best record in the American League. They've been playing good baseball now for a long stretch, despite some of the hurdles they've had to leap over along the way. Excellent two games, though, against the A's. Here's what Scott Service said after the win yesterday. Uh, outstanding trip. Uh, our, our guys really they brought it every day. We talked about bringing it when we started on this trip. Uh, you know, knowing that we've got so many games ahead of us on the road in August, just uh, embrace it, go after it. Uh, our, our team's really come together nice, and, you know, nice way to end it here. Uh, you know, Nelson Cruz, Sieg with the big homers, a great catch by Ben Gamble in the outfield. Then, uh, you know, Gardo struggled uh, command-wise early today, a high pitch count, and Emilia Pagan, again, kind of does what he does. He comes in, throws strikes, uh, nice little breaking ball, and settled the game down for us, and, you know, we had enough pitching to, to shut it down at the end. So, uh you know, it's nice to keep winning series. That's that's the goal. That's what we talked about coming out of the All-Star break, and, you know, it's been really good so far. Corey Seager's brother seems to be picking up. <laughs> Kyle plays for us. Yeah, good one, Ryan. Um, but uh, a yeah, big, big home run by Seager's in the first inning, get us off on a good side, down in the count, you know, got to change up up and, and really drove the ball. And, you know, I don't know if Nelson Cruz can hit two harder balls than he did today. I think the, the first one might have been the first home run, but the hardest home run he's, like he's ever or he's hit ever this year or whatever since, since uh, StatCast has been out there. So, uh, uh, really uh, happy with our ball club where we're at right now. Uh, the team has really come together, and, you know, if we get enough pitching, our offense is rolling pretty good right now. What have you seen from Nelson on this trip? Uh, his timing's really good. You know, he's got a good feel for what the pitchers are trying to do to him. Um, he's not pulling off balls, you know, and he's just getting pitches to hit and not missing them. Yeah, I think anytime you have a big slugger, we've talked about that throughout the year, you know, when they when they hit a few homers, they usually come in bunches, and that's what we're seeing here. Hopefully it continues at the homestand. Ben's fearlessness around the wall. A lot of outfielders are good, but he's just totally in that was a heck of a catch. I mean, he took off. I haven't seen the replay on it yet, but before I was sitting, I don't know how far he jumped in the air to, to grab the ball, but uh, I, no worries, just throwing his body out there, just trying to make a play, and, and he went after it. And, you know, it's kind of what he's done all year. All of our guys, our outfield defense has been outstanding, and we did a good job on this road trip. I think our defense was really solid the whole trip. He's in seven home runs, 22 RBIs against this team. Is there something he sense that he enjoys playing? Oh, uh, he just, you know, open. yeah, it's, it's you know he's gotten good pitches to hit, and he hasn't missed them. You know he's, uh, he's got a good swing. Obviously, got great power. He's a really smart hitter. He doesn't get enough credit for that. And the homework he does, and his preparation going into games, and having a feel what people are going to do to him. And he's ready to roll. He's got a lot of experience in this league, and he's healthy, uh, which is really important for us. Hopefully, we can keep him that way for a while. Lawrence you know, Pagan giving you that kind of quality at that point. What does that do for you? Bill? Yeah, it's it's really key. You know, our our starting rotation we're backed up a little bit, and I, you know we're going to have a sh shorter leash on some of these guys. Certainly, the third time through the lineups, we'll be able to go to Amelia Pagan, Casey Lawrence. They're huge and settling the game down, and, and just you know putting up a couple zeros. They're not going to do it every time, but you know they have been recently, and it's been really big for our ball club just to work it to the back end guys. They're going to continue to play a huge role going forward. Uh, you look at our rotation and 
you know, we've got a few guys in there that five innings is kind of what they give you. So it gives an opportunity to those guys to go out and pitch, and then you put them in there for more than a hitter or an inning. Sometimes you got to run them for two-plus, and that's what Pagan did today. You don't get very many home games this month. How excited are you to get back to Seattle and just and play? Some guys being honored this week. Yeah, no, it's a great, you know, uh, honor. Obviously, getting Edgar's number retired. I know our fans will be out. They'll be very fired up. And we'll give them more than just the retirement to be fired up about. We're, we're in a good spot. We've battled our, our tails off all year to get this opportunity. So, you know, the last 45, 50 games are going to be pretty exciting for Mariners fans. We're looking forward to it. I am too. This is going to be a fun weekend as the Mariners take on the Angels. And how about this? It sets up perfectly tonight. And we'll talk about more of the three games coming up over the weekend in the podcast tomorrow. So let's look at the one tonight as James Paxton will take the ball. 7-10 first pitch, 12-3, 2.70 ERA. Tyler Skaggs will go for the Angels. The lefty 1-2 with a 4-3-2 ERA. He has spent a couple of months dealing with an oblique. He just came back, so one start under his belt since the return, and now he'll face the Mariners tonight. Paxton has been absolutely dominant. His last seven starts, 7-0 with a 1-5-9 ERA. Opponents batting just a buck 82 against him in that stretch. No homers, just five doubles. 53 strikeouts and seven walks during that stretch for James Paxton. He has been absolutely sensational. He has crushed lefties this year as well, just batting 189 against him with no home runs. He's been magnificent at home. He's just been unbelievable, and this has been an amazing stretch. So he'll take the ball tonight as the Mariners try and get off to a good start in this series and take game one of this series we're gonna have a lot coming up on edgar in the podcast tomorrow it is edgar weekend his number retired on saturday and it's going to be a whole lot of fun at safeco field so i am looking forward to this weekend i hope to see you there at safeco field this weekend as well it's going to be great should be a great time as the mariners come home really playing well against the angels Angels uh, hanging around. They've been playing some pretty good baseball as well. This should be a very good series. A different team now than when the Mariners saw them last as Mike Trout is back in the lineup and the offense has been surging as of late. So they're playing some pretty good baseball as well. This should be a very good series at Safeco Field. All right, right now, let's chat with Megan Rowley. Well, Meg, thanks for coming back. It's been a while. I think the last time we chatted was before the season so it's great to talk to you now there's been a ton going on what a season it has been i know i feel like we've we've lived a couple in this amount of time (laughs) we really have i mean there is a ton that has happened all i know though i'm looking at the standings right now they're in front of my face and the mariners have the second wild card all alone at this moment as we record this kansas city's losing but it's not a final yet but right now at this moment they own the second wild card all by themselves. It's, it's amazing. It's incredible. I mean, you think about what this team has been able to do with a rotation that, I mean, at, at one point had every starter leaving spring training except for Giovanni Gallardo on the disabled list simultaneously and has had to, 
I think uh, the last time Greg Johns tweeted about this, they've had 34 or 35 pitchers and 15 different starters. Um, the fact that they have been able to not only stay in it, but, you know, go on this little run after the break and uh, have have the offense kind of come alive and carry them is just it's it's amazing. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible and a credit not only to what they've been able to do, you know, with the couple of good starters they've had and the performance of the bullpen over this last little bit, but the way that this offense can produce even when they're down is, um, you know, someone who watched a lot of uh, less than spectacular mid two thousands Mariners offenses still kind of takes me by surprise, but is a, a very welcome change. No, and they, they've proven they're never quite out of a ball game and. I guess what's mo I'm most impressed about their offense is the different ways they can get it done. I mean, they, yeah. we see times they do it with their speed. They obviously have the thump with Nelson Cruz in the middle. They have a lot of gap-to-gap -gap guys. It's uh, a very versatile offense. Yeah, and I think that for the first time in a long time, you know, you're really seeing sort of what they have wanted to do come come to fruition, right? They've the front offices of various leaderships have talked for a long time about wanting a long lineup that's able to produce all up and down. And you have, you actually have that now, you know, I think that, um, they are still sort of finding out how to do stuff on the base paths. You know, obviously Gerard Dyson is such an asset. Ben Gamble, I think is still an underrated base runner. They still have a lot of guys who are a little bit slower, but they're not being held back in any way by any, uh, one player's, uh, deficiency. And they're all complementing each other in a way that's really nice. And, you know, I think the, the first game they had against Oakland was, um, a really nice example of that. You know, I, we've all seen that game. We've seen that game many, many times over the years. And, you know, in prior years, you, you might've felt justified in turning it off in the third inning. And, and this year they're doing something a little bit different and it's, it's really impressive and a lot more fun as a fan. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. So as you look at this race with Kansas city and Tampa Bay and you know, Baltimore, I guess you include them in the mix and the Angels, I guess you include them in the mix as well. I mean, how do you handicap this race here the last uh, less than two months? I mean, as as unsettling and sort of unnerving as it might be for fans, I have a feeling that this is going to come down to the very last weekend. I mean, every team that is sort of in that wild card hunt has strengths, but they all have weaknesses. I mean, we can look at the Mariners and say that the rotation is not where we would like it to be in terms of either quality of starter or guys who can go deep. And each of those teams has their piece that isn't as uh, dominant as they would maybe want it to be. And so, you know, I think that this is going to come down to that you know, final weekend in September to sort of decide that race. And as stressful as that might be, it's also really fun when you consider the fact that, you know, some of these teams in a different year, their fans would be, you know, sort of putting, throwing their hands up and ready to uh, kind of pack it in. And, and this year, because the, the field is either very equal or sort of weak, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, you have the opportunity that any one of them could go on a little run and, and sort of position themselves well to, to take either the first or second wild card. So, um, I, I 
I try to stay away from the prediction business because I am often wrong and I am particularly disinterested in doing it this time. Yeah. Uh, because if you had asked me a month ago, I would have said that Baltimore would have been well out of it and they're, yeah. they're right there in it. And the same is true for the Mariners, the angels, all of these teams are kind of hanging around. So, uh, it just means that every game means a little bit more than it might otherwise. And, um, you know, games like today, games like yesterday, the Mariners really need to be in those against, you know, competition that hasn't had as good a luck this year to sort of differentiate themselves from a crowded pack. Yeah, because I look at the schedule now, the rest of the month, and it's remarkable to look at because oh my God. the only homestand <laughs> now, you've got the Angels and Baltimore who are right behind you, and then off to Tampa Bay to take on the Rays. The weekend after, it's uh, at New York to take on the Yankees, then at Baltimore to end the month. I mean, not only is every game big, but every game – is amplified with the exception of Braves, the only series where you're not facing a team essentially you're in direct competition with. Yeah, and I think that, you know, this this was always going to be a month that was a real test of will for the Mariners because every team benefits from playing at home, and the Mariners this year have played pretty well at home. Um, and, you know, travel is hard. It's, it's sort of a problem that the Mariners have to deal with every year because of how far away we are from most of the rest of the competition uh, in baseball. And so I think that if they're able to sort of stay on the pace they're on, they're going to be in terrific shape. I mean, this is a really wonderful start for the month. I think they went six and three on this last road trip. They get this nice little respite at home against the angels who, you know, despite having Mike Trout are not um, as fearsome as uh, some of the other teams that are going to contend with. So I think they really have to take advantage of the teams they're going to see on this homestand and then hopefully um, look to show at least competently on the road and kind of see where they are come September because after that we get a nice reprieve uh, back in Seattle. Fans will actually get to see their team, uh, which will be nice. Uh, so. no, it's such a rough month of August, but so far so good, right? And six and three on this road trip. A great start to the trip. So what are, what are the keys for this team to get to September and still be right there? I mean, the thing that I have worried about since the first day of the season and continue to worry about, especially now, is what the rotation is going to do. So uh, the Mariners are fortunate in that they have a, a bullpen that's producing really well. You know, you've had guys like... Nick Vincent, who have been steady the entire year and really have uh, probably not gotten the attention that they deserve in terms of what they've done to stabilize that bullpen. But every bullpen gets tired if it's overused. I think I saw today that they've essentially pitched a game out of the bullpen in the last two days. Yeah. So, you know, you look at a, an injury uh, riddled rotation and you you know, set Paxton aside, you look at the rest of these guys, really their ability to go deeper into games and preserve some of that bullpen strength is going to be key, I think, because even the best bullpens get tired. You know, you can't, you can't send Edwin Diaz out there every day. So uh, I think that if they can get a little more production out of the rotation, the offense can help carry, you know, a, a a pitcher who's giving up a couple runs a night, but you can't have them going four or five innings on a consistent basis and expect that bullpen to continue to hold up into September. So that's the thing that I'm really looking at. Um, and they'd probably be well advised to win every Paxton start they possibly can. Because yes. <laughs> those that's are probably going to be the best ones they get. So yeah, No doubt. Now, I go back and forth on my favorite aspect of this team because I think there's a lot to like about this team. It's been a fun team to follow through the course of the year. The outfield defense to me is spectacular. I really enjoyed that. And the bullpen, as you mentioned, I mean, they had the 
second worst ERA in baseball after the first month. And to see what they've done as a unit, at times really carrying the staff and carrying the team at times, that's been awfully impressive. What's been your favorite aspect of following this team? I think you already hit on it, mostly because it's been so different from some of uh, what we've seen in years past. This outfield defense is still something I'm trying to get used to. Um, you know, I don't know that I it, – it seems sort of uh, sacrilegious to say this, given some of the amazing outfields we've seen in years past uh, back, back in the day. But watching, you know, Dyson out there with – Gamble with Hanager when he's healthy with Guillermo Heredia. I mean, this is an incredible crew. And then you're able to slot in Leannis Martin from triple a when Hanager goes down. It's, uh, I think, you know, they have been the best defensive unit by, um, UZR the entire year. And they're not slagging, even though, um, they've had to swap out a starter for Leannis Martin, who's no slouch himself. So, uh, I think that, you know, getting used to a ball not falling in because Gerard Dyson is so speedy and because Guillermo runs such great routes is, um, you know, it's taking some getting used to, but it's a really pleasant surprise. So I think that's been uh, my favorite thing because, you know, fly ball pitchers in this day and age with the home run rate where it is are still kind of risky, but this is what Depoto seemed to have envisioned, right? He seemed to have envisioned starters who might give up fly balls, but an outfield who could track them down. And as long as they're not going over the fence, you're going to be in a position to field them. And we've actually seen that come to fruition and it's a really impressive unit. No, and a game like today is a perfect example because at the end, you, you look back on the game, you had Martin with a really nice catch in right field. You had Gamble with an incredible catch. Oh, my gosh. That was amazing. <laughs> and who knows what happened to those innings if those catches aren't made. It's just when you, when you look at what they do, and not only tracking balls down, but uh, getting balls in the gap that could be doubles and just singles and the arms as well, which is another underrated factor of not only they cover ground, they throw guys out. I mean, 10 assists for Dyson in center field. It is it has been so fun to watch. And you're actually getting offensive production out of that outfield, right? It's not yes. purely a defensive unit. I mean, I, I don't think that, um, you know, as, as smart a GM as I think he is, I don't know that even DePoto thought that Guillermo Heredia would be this good. I don't think anyone thought that Ben Gamble would be uh, hitting the way that he is. And some of that is being, you know, propped up by a Babbitt that we might not think is sustainable. But this is a, a competent uh, offensive unit. And anytime Dyson's on the base paths, it's, you know, it's a nightmare for opposing pitchers so that you're able to marry those things together is, is something that I think is pretty special. No, it has been pretty awesome. I'm really looking forward to this homestand. It's going to be fantastic. And I want to talk about the event that you're going to be a part of coming up on Tuesday, the Mariners take on Baltimore. I think this is going to be awesome. Celebrating women in baseball night on the 15th. A lot of my favorites, Shannon Dreyer is going to be a part of it, which is great. Kelly Monroe is going to be a part of it from the Mariners. A lot of her work is very underrated. A lot of the stuff you hear on the broadcast is from Kelly and the crew. But it is going to be a great event. So tell us about the event coming up. Sure. So, you know, I think that uh, I was looped in on this uh, last year by Kevin Martinez, who obviously everybody knows, and Jeff Sullivan from Fangraphs, who had sort of been talking a couple years back about 
doing a different kind of event for female fans. There are a lot of teams, including the Mariners who do ladies nights and, you know, those are, those are a lot of fun and they're sort of designed to bring fans into the ballpark who might not otherwise buy a ticket. Um, but we wanted to do something a little different. You know, we wanted to acknowledge that there are a lot of ways that fans engage with baseball and that there are a lot of women who are at the ballpark on a regular basis, who follow the team, you know, religiously, who want to hear from women who are working in the industry and sort of get their perspective on the game today, on how they came to be in the roles that they're in, on the challenges they've faced as women in the industry and some of the triumphs that they've had and sort of where they see diversity in the front office going and how um, folks who might be interested in you know, pursuing careers in baseball can do that. And I'm, I'm really excited. I think that it opens up an opportunity for people who maybe didn't know that people like them could have careers in baseball to dream a little bit bigger and, and see that there are other women who are doing this kind of work and that there is a place for them in the game. And, um, the Mariners have been incredibly receptive to that idea and really supportive from day one. And it's made a big difference. So I hope we, you know, we inspire some folks. I hope we inspire other teams to maybe rethink how they've done some of their events in the past so that they can, uh, have events for, the entirety of their fan base and all the different ways that their fans engage the game. So it's going to be Tuesday, the 15th, as you mentioned, um, you can get tickets on mariners.com slash women. There's a, a special ticket. It'll get you into the panel discussion in the pen. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, we'll have Shannon Dreyer there. We'll have Kelly Monroe, Amanda Hopkins, who is a scout for the Mariners will be joining us to talk about her career as a scout. Uh, and then because it is the Orioles, series. We're really lucky that Sarah Gales is going to join us. She's the head of analytics for the Orioles. So she'll give her perspective from the front office and from the analytics side. So there'll be a little bit of something for everybody and um, a bunch of different perspectives. And these, these women have amazing stories to tell and um, they have really great perspectives on the game today. So while it is geared toward uh, women fans, it is not, you know, exclusive to that. I think there's something there for everybody. So uh, you should make sure to to check it out and join us. Uh, and if you get a ticket for the section, you you not only get access to the panel, but you get a t-shirt and a drink voucher for your first drink. Awesome. So, no, that's going to yeah. be great. It's going to be so much fun. And it's such yeah, a, it's, it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be such a great homestand too. Are you, are you going this weekend at all to see uh, any of Edgar Martinez weekend at the ballpark? I am. I will be nice. there most of the weekend, actually. Um, I, I would not miss a light bat bobblehead. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be there for, for much of the weekend. I, you know, I grew up a Mariners fan and the, you know, that 95 team really cemented me as a baseball fan for life. So I, I would not miss an opportunity to celebrate Edgar. What do you think about Edgar and the Hall of Fame? You know, I think that um, I think that it is likely to happen soon. I think that the momentum is really shifting toward guys who, um, you know, maybe had uh, what normal fans or, or traditional fans would consider to be fringe cases, but who uh, the sabermetric community is pretty strongly in favor of. And Edgar is squarely in that camp. And I think that he presents a really compelling case, whether you want to look at him statistically or in terms of the uh, sort of role he's had in the franchise here in Seattle. Um, you know, he certainly, he only played for one team, which is something that I think a lot of Hall of Fame voters appreciate. So now that we've seen some of the backlog of really qualified guys sort of start to clear out, I think that um, 
we are far more likely to see him inducted in the next couple of years. So uh, maybe we can get, now that Jonah Carey has turned his attention away from Tim Raines, maybe we can get him to start championing yes. Edgar instead. Well, it worked for Tim Raines, so. Yeah. <laughs> Jonah, get on it. Yes, exactly. No, that's good. Let's recruit him. I like it. Well, Meg, this was great. It's always fun to talk baseball. Uh, it's fun talking Mariners, especially right now. And we're li- uh, really looking forward to Tuesday. It's going to be fun. Well, thanks so much. And I will just say one more time, um, if you have not gotten a ticket yet, you can go to mariners.com slash women and you will be able to buy a ticket for the section. So we hope to see everybody there on Tuesday. One and two the count here on Martinez with a game tied at 1-1 in the second. The stretch in Ballard's 1-2 pitch on the way. Fastball swung on and hit to deep left field. Going back, Orsalock to the track, to the wall, and this will fly away. Edgar Martinez with his first home run, and the Mariners lead it 3-1. to one. That just barely over that 14-foot high barrier in left field. Edgar Martinez with number one. See you later!